This podcast includes unapologetic logic and reason and may not be suitable for all audiences. In a world full of nonsense, he's been called the voice of uncommon common sense. He sees the abnormal that many find normal. Author and award-winning speaker, he is Chris Welcome back to the podcast. Wasn't sure I was going to do it today. I'm a little beat up, working in the yard, working around the house, doing some great workouts, and uh, it's all taken its toll on me, believe it or not. So I'm a little sore. It feels good. You know I like that kind of thing. I like to, I like to work physically. I like, to, uh, I like to be sore. I don't like it, like it, but you know what I mean? I don't know. What do you, maybe we need another word, like another... Uh, why don't we have more words for like? I guess we do. Appreciate. I don't know. Do I need to go into this? Not really. <laughs> Let's just get into the news. You know, there was so much weird stuff going on. And I, I was, I just, it was one of those days I was looking at the news and I just, uh, uh, lunacy. Lunacy uh, on an exponential level. But there's one story that really sticks out in my mind. And I talked about it a little bit yesterday, but we really didn't know what was going on. And that is this issue of this bridge to Crimea being uh, attacked. They said, I think the the official cause, I don't know if that's true or not. I thought I heard that they were saying it was a truck bomb, but I don't know. I saw some other video information that I had no idea of knowing if it was authentic, to suggest that there was something in the water. But all this is, you know, subject to manipulation, especially in this particular time. We all know that. So who knows what to believe? It could easily be a a Russian false flag event. But now I think we kind of have an answer. I think we kind of have an answer. Maybe, maybe not. I think we know who the uh, provocateur is. And I don't know. Hear me out on this theory. So, A, you have to buy into my theory. And, B, I think Putin has a a checkmate scenario here on Biden. I really do. And so here's my theory. You know, we're sending all these weapons into Ukraine. But nothing except arguably the, the howitzers that really can fire into Russia. Nothing that could fire deep into Russia. No missiles. Not that I'm aware of. No nukes, no and I think that's been kind of the deal, and I'm sure this has been communicated privately. You know, where America's saying don't use any nuclear weapons, and the Russians are saying don't ship any missiles over there. That if you jeopardize our safety and give them the ability to fire missiles at Moscow or Saint Petersburg, then we're going to have to respond. Well. This puts the United States in a particularly bad situation. And to think that Ukraine is just going to endlessly fight back uh, over these few regions that can't hold a whole lot of value right now. why Why is Ukraine pushing so hard instead of just settling the matter? Well, they may have their reason. They may say, well, if we settle the matter now, then we'll always be settling the matter and we'll just keep losing to Russia, losing to Russia. I don't know. 
I don't know the answers to all this, but I think that Putin, as long as he say, okay, I'm not going to make any promises on anything, but here's what I'm going to tell you. You send missiles over there and all bets are off. And so in the meantime, the bridge gets hit and Putin sends all these missiles in uh, to these cities in Ukraine, including Kiev. And who knows if he's done. He might might light it up a little bit more. Yeah, right? I told you once, I'm telling you twice, don't make me tell you again. Get out, get off the, get out of these regions. You don't like to vote, too bad. That's the decision at this point. Uh, We're not going to continue this. Who knows? Who knows what's going to come out of this? But I think that that, uh, Russia's ability to do that is fascinating. They say, you know, why aren't the aircraft, why aren't, why aren't the, why isn't the, Russia's top aircraft flying into Ukraine, and I'm led to believe that that's because they've been given a state-of-the-art anti-aircraft technology. I don't know this to be fact. I really don't. But it kind of makes sense in the context of what I said the agreement is. And this has kind of been hashed out. It's supposed to be a little bit different, but Putin's drawing a line. He's saying, look, no, you know, I'm not going to allow you to do that. And if you continue on this path, you run the risk of whatever. And meanwhile, they're going to try and do everything they can to rope Russia into conflict, blow up the gas pipeline, anything, even to get Europe to get into the conflict. It's fascinating, really. Why? I believe that the it's all because the, the dollar has probably crashed. Who knows? I don't know. Maybe there's just people that like war. What I mean, what's strategic value? You know, any other war conflict, you hear about uh, spreading democracy or protecting American interests. What is it with Ukraine? I stand with Ukraine. Why? You know a damn thing about them, really. I mean, whether they're a good country, a bad country, good people, bad people, I don't know. Suddenly all these, oh, I stand with Ukraine. Why is that exactly? How do you know they weren't corrupt and hosting deep, dark uh, biological weapons manufacturing and needlessly uh, attacking these um, these uh, Russian-speaking regions within the area that was carved out as Ukraine? How do you know that? I don't know. No way to know. The bridge, it's a nice bridge, whatever Russia built there. You know, Russia seems to be doing pretty well. In terms of modernization, I don't know. How do I know? It's a big country. I'm sure there's horrible areas. Either way, uh, I don't know. I think Russia has the upper hand. Uh, I haven't gotten too much yet in feedback in terms of the uh, speech that I read on Sunday. I don't know if anybody listened to it. Maybe nobody wants to hear what Putin has to say. Putin fires massive missile barrage across Ukraine cities, kids in the firing line, stunning footage, horrible and cruel. Kiev shocked. Zelensky says Putin trying to wipe us off the earth. Strikes hit German diplomatic office. Poland carries out checks on bomb shelters. Dun, 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 dun. Well, maybe that's what happens when you blow up a, a Russian bridge. They retaliate. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine a sovereign country being attacked and responding like that? 
Fascinating, right? Now, you know, there's people that say that September 11th was a uh, false flag. And so there always be doubters, right, that say that uh, Putin, that this is uh, his false flag event, that he's trying to do it to get the Russian people riled up to fight or to respond. Crazy situation, any way you dice it. Here's a little interesting side story for you on the whole Ukraine thing. That the president of the teachers union, yeah, the American teachers union president is going to Ukraine. Fascinating, don't you think? Tell me that this whole new world order globalist approach isn't completely out in the open at this point. No, somebody will tell you that I'm just being some kind of wingnut conspiracy theorist. You tell me. You tell me what strategic value does Ukraine have to the United States? They're not an ally. Why have we been giving them money at all? Putin's wrong that, that, that we don't have a goal to destroy the Soviet Union, destroy Russia. Then why, why are we doing this? Why are we uh, trying to control Ukraine or influence Ukraine? Why are we doing so much to help them fight against Russia? They're not an ally. What's the strategic value? They'll try and, well, as the world's biggest provider of wheat, I bet you we could provide that wheat. I bet you we very well could. Oh, no, they don't want that. That doesn't help the food shortage scenario. I, you know, first of all, I was going to say uh, to the people that say that the hit on the bridge was a um, conspiracy, 9-11 was a conspiracy, the Las Vegas shooting was a conspiracy, you'll find a conspiracy theorist for everything. Well, Alex Jones, <laughs> everything, hey, I mean, I had, you know, everything's a conspiracy, right? Everything's somehow connected to UFOs, the lizard people have taken over. And uh, I don't know. Some days I start to believe it myself. I don't know. Maybe, you know, Alex Jones, if you look back at some of the footage, um, he's, hit, he's hit close to home a few times. So I don't know. I don't know. I, there's always been the, the doomsdayers, the end of the world scenarios, and, uh, and everyone, you know, I don't know. Who knows? We probably are lied to about all of it. Why would we have any reason to believe otherwise? Does that mean that it's part of a giant conspiracy? I don't really see how. I don't know. But there's no strategic value to Ukraine. They're not an ally. What are we doing with all the, sending all this money and all this hubbub? Why is the president of the teachers union going over there? Tell me, is it me that's, uh, that I'm the one that's uh, the kooky conspiracy theorist? I'm going too far out to ask the question, what what business, who's paying for it, for starters? Well, the union's paying for it. Why? What, what business, what kind of union business is that? Well, the teachers uh, support Ukraine. Why? <laughs> Just asking the question, are you allowed to do that anymore? You know what, I mean, this would be like, to me, would be newsworthy stuff. Why would the teachers' union president be going to Ukraine? Oh, to see what's going on. Okay. Uh, that's where you have to be a journalist, I guess, and 
and ask, uh, what do you say, probing questions. I don't know. I find it, it fascinating that uh, you've got this kind of checkmate scenario there in Ukraine, as best as I can tell. Ukraine's never really going to be able to go too far. You know, I guess theoretically they could, you know, reclaim these areas back and that would be considered a victory of some kind. But even in that regard, you know, if Putin wants to say, no, back off, all he's got to do is uh, open up these missiles. Hey, these are our territory. And he's probably teeing that up, right, that he can push back. He'll give it a little time here. He's already been able to fire off the missile. Eh, make a little mistake when you open the door. I'm going to hit you with the missiles, just like the United States has done. Wasn't it? Wasn't it the United States always every time the the president needed a ratings boost? It was like they were launching missiles at somebody. I don't hear about it as much anymore. I don't know. Obama seemed to do it a lot. Maybe Putin says that's great. I don't need to put anybody in harm's way. Boom! That's what a missile sounds like. It's exactly what it sounds like. Ask anybody who knows missiles, they'll tell you. I don't know. I think Putin kind of has the upper hand. Like I said, what's, what's the real deal with the bridge? Maybe it's a conspiracy. Maybe the whole thing's a conspiracy. Maybe Putin's a conspiracy. There's that, that's actually out there, that this isn't really Putin that you're seeing, that he's gone or has died, or for some reason we're just seeing a body double. Maybe there are. I don't know. How do you know what to believe? Um, so the president of the teachers union, go figure. Uh, this is in the New York Post about New York City teachers. I, this used to be a topic that I talked about regularly on the podcast. And, you know, they would actually produce some incredible numbers, I guess, because it's a little racy. People like to hear about it, but about female teachers preying on male students. And it really is, it's a, more of a phenomenon than you'd know. They put a, a photograph of this young teacher in here. Yes, they did. Danielle, then 24 years old. Man, one year older than my son. Two years younger than his girlfriend. Kids exchanged nearly 5,500 very flirtatious texts with a boy in her class. And, you know, I mean, you would think you would know. I mean, it's not like this stuff is never in the news, but um, here's another one here. They're calling out a couple of these teachers all for they caught with texts. It's it's really fascinating, right? Uh, Now, the the first one, this 24-year-old in the photo, she looks very young, but the other three do not. These are not young ladies, no offense. And they're texting the kids. Is that damaging to young boys, you think? And you say, well, every boy's had the teacher fantasy. I don't know about every boy, but either way, either way. There's girls that, uh, you know, have attractions to older men. We all witnessed that in school, too. I remember, I think it was eighth grade, the gym teacher, they thought he was, you know, some kind of... uh, uh, Baywatch sensation or something. I don't know. They liked this gym teacher. And we were kids. We didn't know, you know any better. I mean, to us as the guys in the classes, like, oh, I got to compete with this. But, you know, 
what difference does it make? These are minors, minor children, very vulnerable. And uh, I think it's it's particularly damaging, uh, whether it's a boy or a girl. I really do. And for some reason, the female teachers um, seem to, to be, I don't know, inc- I was going to say increasing numbers. I don't know if that's true, but there's a lot of it that goes on. A lot of it that goes on. When you look at in the public school system, and I don't know how these numbers compare to the private school, but when you look at the number of teachers that – uh, pedoph- uh, pedophilia issues, it's amazing, really. It really is. Something's wrong. You'd, you'd think people would say that. But God forbid somebody's uh, feelings get hurt. So I didn't know what to think of the uh, the damage in, in Florida there from the hurricane. I think I made a little bit of a mention of it in that if you, if you live in an area that could experience this or something like that, uh, unless you're extremely well prepared, you got to get out. And I'll tell you what, looking at this video here, and I'll put this in the show notes, uh, there's nothing really that can prepare for this. Not much, anyway. I'm sure they make hurricane-proof buildings, but this is incredible. The amount of water here, how high it is, and uh, the winds, and then how long the, the duration of this goes on. Just amazing. It's just the, the eight, six, eight feet of, of water, just uh, homes enveloped and amazing that they're even still standing and that the roofs are still on it. Anyway, uh, I wish there was something I could do to help people in Florida, but um, anyway... Hopefully everybody's uh, recovering well down there, I guess. I don't know what the death count was. Pretty high, right? It's going to go down as one of those big, expensive, high death count storms. And people, I guess, are going to wish they would have got out. I think you have to. Hillsborough County, that's like uh, Tampa area. Incredible. Uh, I had a friend down there. I texted him, and uh, he said he was fine which I thought he was down in that area. I don't know. Anyway, he said he's fine. <clears throat> it wasn't the whole state, but it was a pretty good portion, I guess. You got to check this story out. Democrats run a network of fake local news sites in battleground states. But Democrats are running a network of quasi-local news websites to spread pro-Democrat messages in swing states ahead of the midterm elections. The network, according to Axios, encompasses at least 51 local news outlets across 10 swing states, each of them having a nonpartisan-sounding name, such as Milwaukee Metro Times, the Tri-City Record, and the Mecklenburg Herald. These sites share a common template, which mixes sports stories and other local news with political content that is heavily biased toward Democrat candidates and against their Republican competitors. This is going on in all the news to say that this is uh, going on in, in, in 51 cities. It's all the news. And it really uh, has to be looked into under campaign uh, finance violations or campaign violations. You can't just, um, it's called in-kind donations. 
And I don't know how this is. Maybe it is. Maybe it's all reported properly. Somebody's paying for it and disclose. I don't know. I have to wonder. I really do. It goes a lot deeper than that. It can't all be reported. Something has to be done about it. You just, you know, spread this. Uh, what about this all this misinformation campaign? Is Facebook knowing that these are uh, fake news sites? Are they going to shut them down as misinformation? Yeah, good luck with that. Let me know how that works out. I don't know that there really is anything you can do about it. You know, it's uh, it's just not, you know, but I do think it should be looked at as uh, under a campaign finance issue, though, where it's clearly just a Democrat initiative. I don't know. Is, does it matter anymore? I mean, just everything's so far off the rails. Um, I think that uh, the, the path that we're on is largely charted at this point. I really do. I don't know that there's much we're going to do that's going to change the next few steps. Where we go from there, yes. But I think at this point, you know, like the the, the main problem, and it's well known. This isn't a secret. You just you got most people don't even, either don't know or they don't want to say it. And the dollar is a problem. It really is thirty-one trillion dollars in debt and climbing at a crazy pace. All well. Tax revenues are at a record high, but they can't sell treasuries. You put that together. The Fed trying to cut back, it's too late. It doesn't matter. They can't. They can't do it without massive destruction. Look, they inflated this supply of money, and now they're going to contract it. The only thing that can do is is result in in large-scale destruction. And there's going to be a lot of pressure. That creates a bit of a vacuum. It really does. And, you know, luckily the United States militarily is in a very good position, but uh, that doesn't mean that uh, we're in a position where nothing matters. And, you know, government is always running on a on kind of a wing and a prayer. It's been a lot of fat years. It really has. A lot, a lot of uh, years of uh, abundance. And it's not always been that way. It doesn't mean it's always going to be that way. Uh, so it'd be naive to, to think otherwise. And right now, if you add everything up, we're in a very vulnerable position. I was right about this, by the way, demographically. I see you know, it's like we skipped a generation. And it was a video that I was watching. I was going to talk about it on the podcast, and I just didn't get to it. But you've heard me talk about this before, our declining demographic. And that coupled with the debt problem is why I believe they have to allow illegal immigration to continue. And they'll say, well, if we didn't, then people wouldn't have these jobs. Well, at the very least, fix it to make it legal. Right? But they don't do that either. They say that they're they're, uh, um, pro-immigration, just increase the allowable numbers. Make the process easier. Not walk across the border and do whatever you want easier. Uh, it should be a legal process that people should have to go through. I'm just saying let's look at the process. It should be a legal process, no doubt. And most most reasonable people agree on that, for God's sake. 
this idea of, of open border. Yeah, they want open borders. They want one world government because it's the only way to conceal the sins of this massive debt is to spread it out to the rest of the world. And the Russians, I think, are saying no thanks. The Indians are saying no thanks. China's saying, eh, we're on the fence. I think that's it. Africa seems to be wide open. Open the negotiations. Europe is, is uh, you know, barely holding on. I don't know. It's just my observation. I was listening to um, Teddy Daniels talking on a podcast. Teddy Daniels was running for lieutenant governor uh, in Pennsylvania. Maybe I mentioned this yesterday. Anyway, uh, he said that he thought that we're in such bad shape that he said that he, he thinks it needs to be torn down to be rebuilt to, you know, fix our problems. And uh, <clears throat> I don't see the likelihood of that for a lot of different reasons. I really don't. Uh, people today, this generation, there's been no uh, real um, challenge uh sacrifice right it's just it's been an easy time people don't want to admit it i'm not saying it's been a problem you don't know what it's like i you know, i do uh, without amazon without cell phones without lots of these things and uh, the same could be true for the generation before me and the generation before that and the generation before that you know, if you think, well, how long has the airplane been around? How long has the automobile been around? When was the automobile invented? Uh, early 1900s? So what has it been? 120 years, call it. We've had an automobile. Refrigeration. Electric. Let's just say 150 years back. You know, that wasn't that long ago. The United States had been a country for almost 100 years at that point. And there was no refrigeration, no electric, no cars. Really fascinating when you think about it. But all that has led to generations of people now that have lived really comfortably. And nobody wants to go back. Like, they're going to say, well, you know, we're going to have to sacrifice electric for a few years. What? <laughs> no, no electric, no refrigeration for how long? No cars? You don't have the ability to travel? You say, well, you get a horse. How many people right now have land that they could support a horse possibly if they wanted to, let alone know how to ride, get one? It's just, you know, it's crazy when you think about it. Bicycle, how many people are in? If, just think about that. If you couldn't drive for some reason, all of a sudden people had to walk or ride bikes. Think about what would happen. It's interesting when you think about it. I mean, it's a doomsday-ish scenario but is it possible it really is very possible but i don't think that those are the immediate realities i really don't when you look at even like the fall of the soviet union like they they had they were, it's times when there was uh very very meek they did have times where there wasn't enough food that's a real reality don't have heat it does happen but I don't think on a scale, say, where it's not available for years, blackouts and things like that. Dangerous, inconvenient, not a great way to live. But in terms of going years and years, we don't really see those doomsday scenarios. But 
a declining population, a currency that is way overinflated, a, a government that has more corruption than not. I don't know. Maybe Kanye is the West. What's he calling him? He changed his name to Yi. Yi. Yeah. I don't know. Do we call him Yi or Yeah? Yeah? <laughs> I don't know. I don't really know Kanye. Says, uh, goes death, death con three on Jews. Gets kicked off social media. <clears throat> I'm telling you, there's a big, um, uh, following, I don't want to say big, but there's a, a, a certain circle where they really keep an eye on the number of Jewish-owned companies and business people that are censoring and pushing this New World Order. Uh, there's a, a theory uh, that's discussed. Um, it's like a Jewish group out of Russia, like a, a, a world gang organization. Um, it's it's fascinating. I, and I don't know that that's Kanye's deal there. I just know that, uh, uh, I don't know. Maybe he's, is he the answer to the next president of the United States? Maybe he's going to run. Pretty fascinating, really. I don't know. <clears throat> People said he sounds like he's nuts. Kind of does. <laughs> uh, Candace Owens defends can't say Jewish without people getting upset. That's not true. You can say Jewish without people getting upset. Um, I'm not sure why that would be be an issue, but um, Columbus statue boxed up in Philadelphia. All the problems in Philadelphia. This is fascinating to me. And you could look at, you know, probably any major city. And this is what I'm talking about, about taking our eye off the ball. All these pro- crime, crime, the crime, the crime in Philadelphia. Nobody feels safe in Philadelphia. Awful. And then you hear me talking about Kensington, the largest open-air, what I'm told is the largest open-air drug market in the world. Right here, six miles from my house. People walking around like zombies, bent over, convulsing. And then there's all kinds of incredibly violent and disgusting crimes and living conditions that go on on a daily basis. <clears throat> it's just one little area of the city. And go on and on and on and on. And instead of focusing on those issues, or let's say the school system, which is in absolute shambles, poverty is a huge problem. <clears throat> blight, you know what blight is? Just huge areas of the city that uh, are, are uh, vacant and run down. And there's ways to deal with these things. There really are. city has the ability to do it. The tools are there. If the wherewithal is there, the tools are there. All these things can be fixed. Great mayors in the past, like Mayor Rizzo, have done it, where crime was low and schools were, were good and the neighborhoods were safe and clean. You know, a tough leader. That's what it took back then. These days, I don't know what it would take, but we don't have it. And instead of focusing on solving those problems, what are they doing? They're boxing up the statue of Christopher Columbus. Of Christopher Columbus. What is his crime? What, did he, did he brought white people over here? I thought he was Spanish. Was he Spanish? 
It was just flying, flying under the, I don't know, who knows. But I guess I guess it, him led to the white people coming here. I know is it, oh he was Italian. That's right, flying the span. That's what it was. Columbus was Italian. What's wrong with me? So is that the problem that the uh, the uh, Columbus brought the white people over over here? So we're gonna cover that up. Yeah. Well, either way, I guess that's the most important thing that we need to be working on right now. Uh, let me t- talk about this. Well, let me mention a California city water supply is expected to run out in two months. I can't believe that these things are allowed to happen. Uh, I can't believe that there's not options ahead of time. I can't believe that there's somebody that doesn't see an opportunity to make money off these scenarios and provide a commercial solution. Uh, I guess trucking water is or isn't. Who knows? Desalinating, pulling it from the air. I don't know. Trucking it, trucking it, cisterns, I think you could truck it. You have to be able to, I mean, I don't know how big the city is, but there's got to be other options. And you think that they're just going to let the city run out of water. Amazing. If, if government can't uh, handle these basic things, the security, schools, utilities, I mean, what are we really talking about? All right, I want to talk about this. Uh as suicides rise, military seeks to address mental health. And, uh, you know, it's a subject that, that gets kicked around pretty often. There was the 22. They said that 22 veterans are committing suicide every day. Uh, I don't know that that's continued, and I don't know that it was ever true, actually. I think somebody, like, superimposed some numbers and did some math to come up with this number. But I don't know that that was ever like a, an actual official statistic or anything like that. I don't know. It could be wrong. I don't think so, though. Either way, that the uh, and I could be wrong about this too. But from what I understand, the incidence of uh, suicide among military are twice as high as the general population across the board. And for military that has deployed, twice as high again. And for military who has deployed multiple times, twice as high again. And that's the highest as at-risk group. Multiple deployments, those that have, then those that have deployed, and then military service at general, in general seems to have a risk. I have to believe, I don't know. Uh, you know, there's been things I've theorized in the past, but I, I really have no idea what's behind it. it. It's kind of a freaky phenomenon to me. Uh, I'm aware of a few from our unit, and it's tough. It's, a, it's just not a fun uh, topic. We have kind of an unwritten rule. If anybody calls from our unit, you know, you take the call. And I always try to. Occasionally, I'm sleeping or whatever, but... Uh, I enjoy connecting with the guys from Alpha Battery. It's always a real privilege to me. And try to just take the call. So that's one thing I guess we do. Uh, that's one thing I encourage, you know, other veterans to do. Stay together with your unit. But not every unit, you know, had good cohesion. And uh, even for the ones that maybe did, doesn't mean that there aren't people in those units that didn't feel well connected. So I guess that could be a challenge. But beyond that, and even beyond the military, 
you got to be careful with depression and negative thoughts. You know, I see it in people as I get older. It's really amazing, like very noticeable to me. And, I, you know, I say I'm I'm a observationalist. What does that mean? I don't know. Maybe I got some like ADHD. I notice things that other people don't. But everybody, if you back up and think about it, will, will know this. And that is as people get older, they just whine and complain constantly. I mean, listen to me. <laughs> I'm living proof. Uh, you talk to a young person, you get optimism and, yeah, I'm looking to buy a house and trying to get a new job. Can't wait till I finish school. You know, the the 50-year-old guy is like, ah, 12 more years. <laughs> uh, I probably told this story before. One of my buddies stopped by. He's a little older than me, and he says, uh, he says, yeah, I figure I got 10 more good years, 10 more, 10 good years left in me. I said, that's depressing. That's why I need some younger friends. But uh, people, as they get older, they get isolated and they can become very negative, I think. Um, and I think for anybody being aware of that, uh, it's important. You know, your emotional, mental health, if you're not feeling good emotionally, we're feeling tolerable, I guess. You know, David Goggins has a good thing, and I kind of subscribe to this too. If I start feeling a little too crappy, and I just get to go do something. I got to tell you, like, there's your solution right there. Actually, I'm glad I, I had this conversation. Actually, I'm going to write a book on it. The Cure for Anxiety and Depression. Go do something. Now, some people, they really are torn up to where they just like, this is a true phenomenon. You know, you see the people that are like exercise nuts. A lot of times that's the issue. They've got some kind of emotional issue that the only way that they can control it is to to work out like freaks. It's true. I know a lady, she's like walking all over town all the time, depressed. It was the only way she could feel alive was just to walk herself into the ground. Not doing it anymore, I guess. I guess it's only so long you can do that because sooner or later it's got to come to an end, right? But it's really true. When you're moving and doing and accomplishing, you always feel better. You might feel tired and sore. And I guess if you're getting a little disgruntled doing that, maybe you do something a little different. But I want to tell you the, <clears throat> the other thing that I think is huge, and I thank my mother for this. Uh, you got to be thankful. That's really the key thing. You know, don't be uh, unthankful. My mother used to have a saying, don't bite the hand that feeds you. You know, don't be be thankful or respectful of, of those that provide for you or do for you or contribute to you. But be thankful. That's huge, I think, in, in staying uh, somewhat emotionally healthy. And, you know, look, I, my days aren't free of, of worry and problems like anybody else. And, you know, you, I, I've said it before, you've got good days and bad days and horrible times. You know, we talked about it a little bit yesterday with the family that the dogs attacked the kids and the mother. You know, there's just there's no way to sugarcoat that. But if you're thankful for what you do have, and you say this is a, a, some appreciation, <clears throat> even, even for the ashes beneath you sometimes. Sometimes just showing up, being thankful for that. If your eyes are open, if you're breathing, you have something to be thankful for. God willing, I'll be back tomorrow. Hope to see you there. Make it a great day.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.